3: SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering: real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Welcome in, everyone, to
4: The Early Line. Live right here on SportsGrid on a Tuesday morning.
5: I'm Kevin Walsh, joined, of course. By Donnie Wrightside, DRS, how you feeling? Feeling good here. Get to take a little bit of a deep breath here as we wait for the final four coming up this weekend. And usually, we're getting all fired up for Major League Baseball. The KW was walking yesterday. It's still snowing in the Northeast. When is baseball weather coming? When can I officially start Major League Baseball season? I'm waiting. I like that they're teasing you as well
4: with everyone just mashing out in beautiful mm-hmm. Florida, hot weather, Donnie. Yeah. Like, Donnie, you're going to start spring training team totals. I'm
5: going to have to dip in since we're a week late on the season. Why not just get it fired up April 1st, which I believe is this Friday, and just get after it now. That's what I feel like right now. I do.
4: Yeah man i was gonna tell you what though the area looked nice but yeah the snow it doesn't really make too much sense at some point though it will go yeah. away let's hit these seven and seven top headlines here is this the main story to me it is jimmy g the niners say that they have no plans to cut garoppolo john lynch very honest saying when you spend the amount of draft capital that you do to get a guy like a trey lance you don't really intend on keeping jimmy g around They're saying, Donnie, that he's way too talented to be cut. Yeah, all right. What's your thoughts here?
5: Yeah, I think it's pretty funny here the way it's worded also. Niners not looking to cut Jimmy G because that market is so robust, you have to raise a question to say, look, we're not cutting this guy, which everybody else in the NFL goes, hmm, well, Conditional seventh round, not doing it for you right now. John Lynch and the 49ers organization, you are going to end up cutting this guy because whether or not you like it, he's not coming back because Trey Lance is the future of your franchise. And if you bring Jimmy Garoppolo back, you might as well just trade Trey Lance for a fourth round draft pick because you swung and missed on him.
4: You have no leverage on Jimmy G, and you absolutely can't keep him on the roster. What else are you going to do? We'll break that down throughout our two hours. We'll also talk a little bit, Donnie, about Detroit. Not only going to be the featured team on this upcoming season of Hard Knocks, the third time Jared Goff will be featured on Hard Knocks. I don't know whose decision that was. But also the 2024 NFL Draft, Donnie, will be held in Detroit.
5: Yeah, as if ratings can't get any lower for hard knocks, let's put the Detroit Lions on there with all the superstars. Yeah, what superstars did they actually have on that team? I don't know who anybody now is getting all worked up saying, oh my goodness, man. I cannot wait till August to watch the Detroit Lions come in last place in that division again and see how they can build their foundation. I don't know what the NFL is doing at all. So to compound that, Detroit is going to get the draft. So if you're out there and you're a big NFL fan, I want to see my team draft. Where are we going here? I don't know. Maybe the snowy Detroit in April. Tough look, NFL. I know you're trying to spread the love around here (laughs) throughout all your cities, but my goodness, did you have to pick Detroit? Certainly not up
4: Donnie's alley there. I mean, come on. Miami was right there for the taking. At least I think they were. How about some college basketball news? But in the women's game, UConn in double- overtime hangs on and advances to their 14th consecutive final four Donnie page buchers was tremendous for nc state in
5: overtime what a game Yeah, we talk about Coach K, right, getting to double-digit Final Fours. How impressive is that? And then you see UConn just (laughs) doing it in consecutive years. How many does Gino Gino Ariema actually have? Like 30 Final Four appearances? I don't even know, but it's got to be something ridiculous if he's at 14 in a row. Yeah, it's unbelievable here for UConn. And it's almost the fact now we wake up and you see the scores and you say to yourself, ooh, that was a real close game. Instead of saying the accomplishment is actually getting to the Final Four because we're so used to UConn winning by 50 every single game. Yeah, uh,
4: fantastic game. The women's Final Four is set. UConn, again, as usual, a part of it. South Carolina, the favorites to cut down the nets. Our radio audience is with us here on a Tuesday morning. Kevin Walsh and Donnie Wrightside going through some of the top headlines here. And uh, Look, the, the continued theme of this Memphis season is no John, no problem. Not only are they 18-2 and two without John Moran, they win every game without him by 30 points, seemingly, Donnie.
5: I don't know what's going on in Memphis, but I like what's going on down there in Memphis. And this is one of those teams where throughout the season, who are we focused on? Ah, Phoenix Suns, the Warriors, maybe Luka Doncic and the Mavericks. And here you are, Ja Morant or John ja Morant-less Grizzlies team surging here into that two-seed. It's going to be a team to be reckoned with in the playoffs. And this is fun because one of those teams that you weren't looking for at the beginning of the season to do a lot of damage could quite possibly do a ton of damage here in the playoffs. I can't wait. We're only, what, seven, eight games away from the playoffs to start? Mm -hmm. Memphis is going to be a problem for the West.
4: Yeah, it's going to be really, really interesting to see. Although, look, you'd rather have Ja than not when you're going to get into the postseason series. We'll continue to keep eyes on his health. How about two big Eastern Conference results? One, seemingly a formality, but with the way Miami was playing, their dominant win over the Sacramento Kings was big as it put them back into the top spot in the east and that was in part to the boston celtics dropping a game in overtime in toronto they did sit jason tatum and jalen brown in the game showing just how good a ball they're playing still going out there covering a number but siakam's 40 led the way for toronto
5: yeah that was a big win by toronto and the first thing i looked at was the box score going man how about that they finally took down a red hot celtics team full gas not full gas and the celtics almost won that game we just talked about the Memphis Grizzlies. I mean, the Celtics getting a lot of love now, and rightfully so. This team is tough when they're full gas. <laughs> Celtics-Grizzlies finals,
4: Man. as everybody oh my was goodness. predicting preseason. I'm not so sure I see the vision. Uh, and then the last headline. One of the best players who seemingly, though, the, the stories just don't pop the same. Jokic, a dominant triple-double versus the Charlotte Hornets. a great game, but no chance to win the MVP. We'll be right back.
6: VR training platforms like the
0: one developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International are helping surgeons train over and over before operating on real patients.
2: As you practice each skill, the muscle memory starts to develop.
0: Learn more at meta.com/metaverseimpact. Reese's
2: Peanut Butter Cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Breezes, you did it. You stumped this charming devil.
4: Back right here on SportsCreator. This is the early line on a Tuesday morning. Taking a look at some of the top NBA headlines from yesterday's action. And a lot of these games had a considerable impact on the odds uh, in the Eastern Conference, or maybe more so the standings than the odds, but they'll all correlate by the time this bracket is set. We'll start with Miami, Donnie. They laid 13 to Sacramento, and yet I can't help but feel as if their 123 to 100 victory was important. They needed something like this because if they really would have lost this game, they might have had to cancel their season. Jimmy Butler made a season high three threes. Yes, that's his season high. Bam Adebayo with twenty two and fifteen. Tyler Hero twenty off the bench, as you anticipate. Duncan Robinson moved to the bench and gave you five threes as well. Miami needed something like this.
5: Yeah, they certainly did. And you're talking about guys coming off the bench. And when you talk about playoff basketball, it's not so much about the starters. It's when the starters come out of the game, Kevin, can you hold your own? And if you're going to tell me that you're going to have bench guys here, including Hero and Robinson, make nine combined threes here. So they went, what, nine of 16 from three-point range. The Heat overall, 19 of 40 from three-point range, which is roughly 48%. Shot over 50% from the field and 100%. From the free throw line. That's a good performance by the Miami Heat, and they really needed it because it's one of those where eventually you know Miami Heat is going to win. But at the same time, the losses that have been piling up were devastatingly bad losses, and at the worst time, because you could say if the Miami Heat, Kevin, were up five or six games in that one seed, ah, go. Going through a little bit of lull at the end of the season, a little bit bored trying to rest players up. But that's not the case here. You look at the East, it's the Boston Celtics, Milwaukee Bucks, Philadelphia 76ers, and Miami Heat all within one game of each other with under 10 games to play. It'll be fun to watch this play out. But for the Miami Heat, boy, they took a deep sigh of relief to finally get that W and at the same time, take that one game lead back in the East.
4: Now, you look at those teams, right? Two of them will play tonight. We'll preview that game in its entirety. Boston takes the loss to Toronto. Before we talk about the Toronto chase to Chicago, Cleveland falling back, for Boston, Donnie, and, and you said this at the top, a, a, an impressive loss. Second leg of a back-to-back, missing your top two guys. You still compete with Toronto on the road to the very last there and lose that game by just three points. They caught and they ate by the time the line closed. Their odds are, at the moment, plus 500 when you talk about to win the East. What's interesting about that is those odds were shorter yesterday. It is as if to say that they can move up if they are the one seed, but here is the very odd thing, of course, is nobody knows what to do with the Brooklyn Nets, who could go 7, 8, or potentially miss the playoffs, depending on how that play-in does shake out for Brooklyn when you look right now Donnie at the east at the top of the eastern conference odds board is there one team where you say to yourself I don't care if they draw Brooklyn they'll have them beat and it doesn't matter the number is good and and I can get involved now
5: I mean, it's hard to say, you know, it's, I should say it's easy to say that it'd be the Milwaukee Bucks in there at a plus 270 price here at the FanDuel Sportsbook, because when they're right and they're healthy to me, they're a deep starting lineup, which means you're not hiding anybody. It's like, oh, we just got to, you know, this guy just runs into the corner. We play offense four on five. That's not the case here. And also talking about a lot of veteran guys off the bench and correct me if I'm wrong actually won a championship last year, so they know how to get it done in the biggest moments. And also, being down in series or facing adversity, quite frankly, the NBA Finals, they won. So if I'm looking from the top of the bracket here, the Milwaukee Bucks make a lot of sense here to take down the Brooklyn Nets. The Philadelphia 76ers, the jury is still out right now. And maybe that jury will get a little bit closer to a verdict tonight. As you said, we're going to preview the Mm -hmm. Philadelphia 76ers and the Milwaukee Bucks a little bit later. But I have to tell you, like, I look at the Miami Heat. Like, they're in the one seed right now. We know the Miami Heat, Kevin. They are built for the NDA playoffs. They have offense. They have grimy defense. They have a great head coach. And them sitting back at a 5-1 to one price here does seem a little bit more of a long shot than they quite, quite frankly could be. And also the Chicago Bulls. 27 to 1. Look at the table falling off there. Bucks, Nets, Sixers, Celtics, and Heat. All 5 to 1 are better. And then you see the Chicago Bulls coming in at 27 to Mm 1 because it seems like they're just struggling at the worst time. I believe 4 and 11 in their past 15 games. But if you're looking to say, hey, Donnie, you can't take the favorite in here, it's probably going to be a combination of the Celtics and the Heat, which would draw my attention at 5 to 1.
4: Yeah. So for me, I really believe all four can eliminate Brooklyn. I think no one – I mean, no one would – you'd rather not have to play them. But I think if you told Milwaukee, hey, look, you're the one seed, but you have to play the Nets in the first round, I mean, yeah, sure, that's okay. We'll do that. Where I think the Sixers are like, nope, we're good. Give us whoever. No, nope, no thank you. Not doing that there. Boston and Miami, though, are teams that if they draw Brooklyn – I might be more enticed to bet a series price than worry about an an entire Eastern Conference future then, because I think you'll get good money on a series price, at least based on the way the Nets have continually been priced in this futures market, basically half the number of both Miami and Boston. You mentioned Toronto, tied right now, same exact record as the Chicago Bulls. Both of these teams, Donnie, a game up on the Cavs, who won yesterday, sure, but mm, is sometimes winning isn't everything. Evan Mobley was injured during this game. He only played 13 minutes. The x-rays came back clean. But this Cavs season that once was so magical, I would not be surprised, DRS, if this season ends for Cleveland with them landing in the play-in, losing twice, and getting no playoff basketball.
5: Yeah, it looks like it might be trending that way, and you're right. This was one of those teams that we were talking about earlier in the season, midway through the season. They have a legitimate chance to do a little bit of damage here in the playoffs, not to say they would win the Eastern Conference, but getting a seed where they don't have to worry about being in that seven, eight, nine, or 10 hole, and now that's where they're going to land. And it's usually say, okay, we can win those games, but if one of those is you're matching up against the Brooklyn Nets possibility, that doesn't seem too well. But maybe it's too much too soon here for the Cleveland Cavaliers because before the season, I didn't have very many aspirations for them getting into the playoffs and quite frankly winning a round or two, which you sort of got buoyed midway through the season, we'll see how it winds up for them. There's still some time to recover. But any time when you're fighting for your playoff lives and you're losing key players, it usually doesn't work out in your favor.
4: To bring in the Chicago Bulls as well to this, I thought their result to the Knicks obviously is a difficult one as you're trying to stay at you know out of reach for these other teams here. I know that you miss Lonzo, and that's not irrelevant, certainly. But, man, to go to New York, who, again, who have play without rest, you play every single one of your starters 30 or more minutes. You get 11 points total from your bench. The Bulls, Donnie, you know, again, we going from the Hunter to the Humpty. This feels like the the kind of the, the conundrum that Eastern Conference teams are finding themselves in. Would I rather be the one seed? with home court advantage throughout the playoffs and play Brooklyn in the first round, would I rather be in a 4-5 where I'm hosting Chicago and eliminate that team in five games? Nobody seems to take the Bulls seriously anymore as we talk about legitimate teams in the East. And unless Lonzo can hurry back, I don't blame them. It's just not the same team that we saw for the first two months of the season.
5: No, it's not, and certainly when you're saying let's get hot, like if we use a uh, college basketball reference here, UNC getting hot at the right time. The Bulls doing the opposite right now of that, Kevin. So when you take a look at the Bulls last Mm -hmm. night, if you would have told me before the game, I'm going to get 37 out of DeRozan and 27 out of Levine, that's a W because the Knicks aren't playing for all that much, and here come the Knicks, a 109-104 game, which came right down to the stretch, and the Knicks made more plays than the Bulls. That's a bad loss because now you have a back-to-back, and also you compound that by saying, <clears throat> Excuse me, the Cleveland Cavaliers right behind you. But the Raptors picked up a win against the Celtics. If the Celtics were full go, that probably wouldn't have happened. Tough night last night mm-hmm. for the Chicago
4: Bulls all the way around. Certainly was. We're coming up against a break, though, here on the early line. When we get back in the mix, let's preview that sixers box game. Let's not waste. Perhaps the MVP is on the line. Giannis versus Embiid. That's next right here on Sports.
0: VR training platforms, like the one developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International, are helping surgeons train over and over before operating on real patients.
2: As you practice each skill, the muscle memory starts to develop.
0: Learn more at meta.com metaverse impact.
2: Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil.
4: Back right here on the early line, the Milwaukee Bucks and Philadelphia 76ers in Philly get set to do battle. Philly, minus 122. They're laying a point and a half. The total for this one is 229 and a half. Take a step back. I'm going to do this one final time that's a lie i'm gonna do this again tomorrow if the game pretty much no regardless the mvp donnie as we sit here right now looking at the line looking at the standings looking at the setup do you feel that if Giannis gives you 35 and a milwaukee win he can make a dent in this mvp race with just about a week or so to go,
5: I don't know. Like I'm, I've been waiting for this dent to be made, but every day I wake up, no matter who plays, who wins, who does anything, Giannis is still sitting at that ten to one price here. So now you're gonna have a national game tonight, and you are expecting him to have a big night. But at the same time, Jokic should win his. Oh yeah, I'm gonna get a, I'm gonna get a victory tonight. Eh, nah, throw down me for a triple-double. Let me check out my MVP odds. Now nah, I'm actually getting worse right now. So it sort of reminds me over yeah. the summer we had Vladimir Guerrero Jr. and Shohei Otani. Otani would throw a no-hitter, hit three home runs. And and Vladimir Jr. would strike out three times and increase his odds early in the season. Mm-hmm. That's what has the feel for me. Now, also keep in mind when we take a look at the FanDuel sportsbook and read these odds. That's not actually the votes that are coming in. Where it's like, hey, every morning the voters have to vote, and FanDuel is tabulated the odds. That's where the betting markets sit right now. So if you look at Joel Embiid as a minus one ninety five price with under ten games to go, he's a pretty confident favorite here. But as we know, Kevin, and we've talked about so many times, preseason during early season, Mm -hmm. mid-season, where nobody cares about the MVP, and then it really ramps up over the past 15 games, or should I say the final 15 games. And I've had the same talking point as well, where you're saying to yourself, everybody's within one game of each other in the top four in the East. Shouldn't you get bonus points if you lead your team down the stretch into that one seed? So if Joel Embiid does it, obviously he's going to be a cinch to be the MVP. But i got to tell you, if Giannis does it, once again, is it just buyer's remorse from last? Like, we already gave it to the guy. I'm not giving it to him again. Did you see Giannis average 35 points over the final eight games, and his team now sits in the one seat? Yeah, but we gave it to him last year. Sometimes it's a little bit hard to overcome, but if you're looking for tonight alone, talking about the MVP race, what needs to happen? Like, it just feels like, to me, like, if Jerome D goes out and goes 30 and 12 and the Sixers get beat, I don't know if it matters. I think that's enough to keep him at the top of the standings and hold off guys like Jokic and Antetokounmpo. I think Embiid can end this whole thing tonight.
4: I maintain, Jokic is done. I don't care what the odds say. It's, it's He's not the story. And it's like, it's funny because at times it's like, oh, is that a self-fulfilled prophecy, right? Like we create the order for seven and seven. I placed the Jokic headline seven. But I don't base that off like a personal bias. Look around. Ask yourself how often Joker is the talk of the night on, on your timeline, on any other programs, that it's not, it's just not Jokic's season. The reason, and, and neither is it Giannis's, until tonight. Tonight has the ability to change it. Now, again, I think Embiid can completely close the door tonight, really with just a win I don't know if he plays, you know, if he goes for 45 in a loss, it depends what Giannis does. My thing is, Donnie, because they enter, and this is tremendous, the same exact record, same exact record, and points per game, Donnie, I mean, separated by decimals essentially here in this race. If Giannis gives you a and in a road win to tie the heat for the top spot in the Eastern Conference. To be neck and neck still with Embiid for point-per-game leaders. I think that will make a difference. I think it will be a talking point. I think it will be a talking point on the broadcast, Donnie. I'll bet you this. I bet you they're going to do a little side-by-side side during the broadcast. Points per game, rebounds per game, blocks per game, uh, between the two. they They're Because Donnie is part of the, the game, the atmosphere. They're going to pose it as an MVP race kind of battle. Well, if that's what this is, Donnie, if this is a battle and Giannis wins it, then he's got a chance to win the war.
5: I think you're right about that because when you're running betting markets and how they evolve, right, it's not going to be just you know most of the time moving it on air and just to have some fun. And also betting markets on January the 13th, if Giannis goes for 35 points, not many people are just hammering the button here to bet him as the MVP. But as we go down the stretch, seven, eight, nine games left in the NBA season, people are going to watch this game. And if Giannis has a 40-point effort tonight, 15 rebounds and seven assists in a 15-point victory on the road against the Sixers, what are people going to do with the FanDuel Sports Book. They're going to go click on that 10 to 1 odds, and that's how that number is going to decrease. And therefore, Joel B goes from 195 to minus 135, and Giannis goes down to a 7 to 1 or a 6 to 1 here and sort of tease it up, which is what I'm interested in watching because you're right. The broadcast here, they love this. Number, not only do you get two teams that are tied with each other here in the Eastern Conference, two teams you think are going to make a decent run in, in the playoffs, but also now have MVP candidates lined up in two superstars in the NBA. And as I always do, Kevin, when I set the scripts here each and every morning on the early line, I look forward to setting the scripts for games like this. <laughs> we
4: oh, man. Don, Don, Donnie checks in. Ooh, a big NBA. Day. Yeah, it, it certainly is there, Donnie. Now, talk to me here. When you look at this game, the one and a half, the 229 and a hook, I... I and, I, and, and maybe, again, this is because I've been so adamant that Giannis can change the MVP race with a victory. I believe that Milwaukee will win. But it's also because the Philadelphia 76ers with James Harden have done absolutely nothing to suggest to me they will win this game tonight. I, I can't back the Sixers in this spot. I think they need a win here, Donnie. I do. If we're going to talk about this team as a legitimate threat in the East, they're going to need a game like this. But they haven't done anything for me to have confidence in them and not back the Bucks in this spot.
5: And I I do tend to agree with you there. Now, last time I thought that was going to be the case, I think it was the game before the all-star break where I said, man, Sixers going to Milwaukee. They're going to get sacrificed tonight because they're just looking to get to the break and get James Harden. And they played great basketball and beat the Milwaukee Bucks before heading off into the break. And also James Harden, a lot of mixed results here. Looks sensational in some games, like you saw him on the West Coast there versus the Los Angeles Clippers. Didn't look so good going up against the Phoenix Suns. They're going to need a big performance out of James Harden tonight in Philadelphia, because not only do we have an NBA season, which is quite frankly, way too long at 82 games, but coming down the stretch, sometimes there are measuring stick games. And we talk about like games that you had last night, Chicago Bulls, and the New York Knicks, right? You say to yourself, okay, Knicks are really out of it, but the Bulls need it. But it still doesn't mean you actually win the basketball game because the Knicks won. But it just feels like this game, which both of these teams tied in the standings, this will go a long way, Kevin, to the narrative that, yes, the Sixers can win the Easter. No, the Sixers are still you know, a couple bench players away from actually competing for an Eastern Conference championship and maybe for an NBA Finals. If you just mm-hmm. look at the starting lineups, Yeah, James Harden is a superstar. Joel Embiid is a superstar. But the overall depth of the team, including starting lineups and bench, the Bucs are a much better team than the Philadelphia 76ers. Now, this line should tell you a lot as well. Sixers barely a favorite at the FanDuel Sportsbook, minus one and a half points. Mm -hmm. So, theoretically, the Bucs, we think, are the better basketball team. It's just a matter of what I'm going to get from James Harden tonight. If I get all-star James Harden, 24 points, 14 assists, 7 rebounds. I think that's going to be enough because Giannis and Embiid are going to go toe-to-toe in this game, and both of those guys will be in the 30s. It's up to the other guys like James Harden Tyrese Maxey to step up for the Philadelphia 76ers.
4: When you look at the props market, I mean, again, I don't ever believe that they hang a trap prop. But how they're hanging the odds at 29 and a hook and not 30 and a hook is beyond me. Played like twice this year, 30-plus in both, all the narrative in the world. My expectation is that number continues to climb throughout the day. The Embiid number's 30 and a half. And Donnie really was the one who put this into perspective, too. And There's a lot of NBA players that fit the mold of, like, back them in a narrative spot, right? We talked about the other day, Trey Young in the Garden. And you don't think Embiid again is hyper aware of this game and this performance and what this means for the race in the same way that he would always be seemingly answering Nikola Jokic. I think both guys make sense, Donnie, at their numbers. I prefer the Giannis 29 and a half to the Embiid 30 and a half.
5: And, it does, and I agree with you there. And also, you take a look at a the total there. It's going to approach probably 230 by game time. So what we're talking about you know, betting yeah. markets with Giannis. Like, what would surprise you more, right? Hey, Joel Embiid had 17 points tonight. And I talk about this so many times when you're betting NBA props. You just want to be in the ballpark. Like, if you take a Giannis prop tonight, if you take a Joel Embiid prop tonight, outside of injury, neither one of those guys is going to be stuck around that 21-point range. Like, you know they're both going toe-to-toe. And I love the point that you bring up with Joel Embiid. Because just because you say like, hey, I want to have a big night doesn't mean you will. But some of these guys, Mm -hmm. they know the stage here. And the teammates know the stage saying, okay, well, we're in the playoffs firmly. Do we want the number one seed? Absolutely, we do. But it's really important that if Joe has a good look, make sure you feed him the basketball. And Giannis, the same thing. These guys know the MVP award is up in the air. These guys know the number one seed in the East is up in the air. And both of those guys were perform. So underperforming tonight with Giannis and Joel Embiid, I don't think it happens tonight. And it's nice to have that total, as I said, around a 230 price. We should get scoring all over the place in this game, including both of the superstars.
4: It does feel like a big game for Harden tonight as well, who mm-hmm. started off like the best player in the world in Philly. And it's not been that. I think he was at 58% shooting in his first four or five games, and he's only had one game above 50 since then. Big game time. we we'll keep breaking the games down. Next.
3: SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com.
2: Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, (laughs) That's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil.
4: We're going to hit the Western Conference action in just a minute. That's going to involve the Los Angeles Lakers. The Lakers are actually tied with the Sixers for the second-worst ATS cover percentage as a home favorite, 39.3%. Both of them actually are 11 and 17 on the nose. 39%, second-worst. The Brooklyn Nets are 4-22-1. and 1. Against the spread as a home favorite for an outstanding 15.4% cover percentage, Donnie, as a home favorite. And tonight, they're going to lay 13 to a Cavs, or excuse me, a Pistons team that has covered all but two games since the All-Star break. How are you not lining it up on Detroit tonight?
5: It's a lot of points here and that we expecting an angry performance out of the Brooklyn Nets and Kyrie Irving's going to get it together in his second game here at home at the Barclays Center in Brooklyn. But also, you know, coming from a betting perspective, I always find it interesting here and in sort of how you can sort of, you know, guide yourself. Are you, are you a guy in the NBA, Kevin? Because you know me, I don't bet very many sides in the NBA. It's more prop bets here to see where I can get in and get out. When you see numbers like that, right, does that automatically tilt you to one side or are you on the contrarian value side and say to yourself, you know what, it's been so good this year that sooner or later some things might have to even out? So case in point, Brooklyn favored by 13.5. Did you see that? Is it not a handicap anymore for the game or how they match up and just like this team plays well as a dog? This team doesn't play well as a favorite. Does that ever equate to it? Is that how you're looking at this game overall? Or do things change with like, oh yeah, Kyrie Irving can now actually play at home, so things might be a little bit different?
4: I understand the notion that every game is its own entity, and, and that is true. With that being said, laying points with Brooklyn has been a death sentence this season. and I just don't know if there's ever a spot that I could truly do it. But I will say... It's, again, it's like an ear-to-the-ground spot to me. Like, because certain games have their narratives built into them. And if you can, you'd like to see if you can grab confirmation. As I mentioned with that game between the Nets and the Hornets, you talk to enough people, you would hear everybody, Kyrie's first game back. I mean, they're going to smoke this team. I mean, they are absolutely going to drill the Hornets. That game won't be competitive, no doubt in my mind obviously the hornets go out there and win the game i wonder today if you you know again donnie pull this similar people right a mix between the smartest minds in the world and the casuals you know and you do you land on a spot where people are saying brooklyn by a billion tonight i mean there's no way they lose again they gotta bounce back here detroit's terrible or, Donnie's a lot of people saying, too many points. I mean, how, how are we still laying 13-and-a-half with Brooklyn? And trying to see where where it lands. Because I'll tell you this, Donnie, and I'll see if you disagree. I still think, you know, if you had, like, the public side, if we're even doing public sides in NBA games, would be the Brooklyn Nets laying a 13-and-a-half number.
5: It's kind of interesting you bring that up, too, because most people would look at that game and say, I don't really care what the teams are. 13 and a half is way too many points to give up at this time because, again, you're not looking at it as a I need to win this game by margin because I need to get a better seed. All you have to do is win the game by one point in the NBA, and the only people that are going to be carrying outside of the Nets if they win by one are the bettors who took them against the spread at a minus 13 and a half. I do find it interesting because I like narratives also where Kyrie Irving doesn't play so well at home now. It's like, let me get extra focused in this game and make sure I don't go mm-hmm. six of 22 and I go 14 for 22 in this game, and we have a resounding victory. Because I know even the betting markets at the FanDuel Sportsbook, you're watching games like this. Because if the Nets do win by one or two points, Nobody's running to the window going, now is the time to take the Nets here because it looks like they're playing great basketball. But so simple off the game where Kyrie doesn't play well and the Nets don't play well. All it takes is one performance for the Nets to go at home and win 131-103, to and everybody goes, see that? That was a one game run, one off here that you can take away, and you can just say to yourself, the Nets are still going to be the best team in the Eastern Conference. We'll see when Ben Simmons actually comes back, which I'm not getting very much information on him coming back either. But right now, for a one game, I look at this as an NBA better. If I were to bet this game and say, I don't know if I want to dip my toes in the water here, Kevin, laying 13 and a half points here with the Brooklyn Nets. Yeah.
4: One, Ben Simmons isn't coming back. It's not happening. I don't know why they won't just announce that the that he has a herniated disc. Maybe it's they, they think there's a chance that if they make a deep enough run, he could return for a conference finals. Probably just going to risk re-injury. He's not coming back. Ben Simmons will not play for Brooklyn this year. I feel pretty confident about that. Uh, two, just to the Kyrie point, I think he does bounce back tonight. If Brooklyn does not cover this game, it won't be because they sh- they you know struggled and put up a hundred and five no it's because they're going to allow Detroit to score 115 120 because they don't defend but the Brooklyn Nets will like Kyrie is live again for 40 right not like they don't have their props listed yet but the last game it was 26 and a hook in that home debut again it was the second leg of a back-to-back how much that was factored in I'm not too sure but the shot attempts were there for Kyrie the efficiency was not I'd I'll probably go over the number for Kyrie here tonight in game number two at the Barclays Center.
5: Yeah, it feels like one of those. And there's some games that I take Kyrie Irving because he used to be on the road, but every time he played on the road, he just took him because you knew the usage rate was going to be high in games that he was lined at like 24 and a half points. I would joke like he might get that in the first half. And quite frankly, a lot of games, he was at that 17, 18, 20 point range at the break for easy victories. So I know a lot of us would be looking towards the nets and what those going to be post here at the FanDuel Sportsbook with Kyrie Irving or Kevin Durant because we do expect big games and a line that's going to be priced in that 230s range. And then you take a look at you know the big three for the Detroit Pistons is there more value in saying you know what I think Kyrie Irving will bounce back I know Kevin Durant's going to get his but then again where are their points props going to be you know Kyrie is going to be around that 25 26 point range Kevin Durant probably lined at that 30 and a half range that we see Joel Embiid each and every night but then you take a look at Cade Cunningham and Sadiq Bey 20 and a half and 18 and a half respectively because we know there's going to be points in this game Brooklyn's not known as an elite Mm -hmm. defending team and if you think that Kyrie Irving's gonna have a big game and Kevin Durant's gonna have a big game then they're probably going to go over that two Thirty price here so even maybe some underlying value if you don't want to take the 13 and a half points on Detroit maybe a better route to go looking at Cade Cunningham or Sadiq Bay just in a points prop here
3: you you
4: look at the rest of this NBA board both LA teams are in action and then we'll get you the Lakers inside our number two I want to talk about I mean look they're catching 12 from Dallas right now I want to talk about the Clippers right now they're pick versus Utah both minus 108 on the money line their odds to win the Western Conference have moved yesterday 33 to 1, now 30 to 1. That is because Paul George might play in this game tonight. Paul George went from, oh, he's practicing five on five to PG's back. And if he doesn't play versus Utah, which to be honest with you, I actually don't think he will. So you might be able to get a little bit of sneaky value here on the Jazz. It's not all that far away. For Paul George's return. And most importantly, he will be available in the play-in. We talk about value. Forget the game versus Utah right now. We talk about value. Let's just say PG is back. The Clippers play the Minnesota Timberwolves in the 7-8 play-in game. Winner is the 7-seed. I think the game is booked very, very narrowly. And let's say the Clippers win, Donnie, and I know Memphis is having a great season. We can talk about the Memphis Grizzlies. I know they have a great season, but if they can draw Memphis instead of Phoenix, all of the sudden, this thirty to one looks very interesting. And I'll and I'll add this on top of that: if they can make a run to the conference finals, and let's just say they even they meet a Phoenix team then. What if Kawhi comes back yeah. by the time it's middle or end May? I'm very intrigued by the Clippers numbers, Donnie.
5: No, it makes a lot of sense, too, because it's kind of interesting the way certain conferences and certain teams get priced. Because if you look, let's just equate it to the Eastern Conference. You see the Brooklyn, that's second right now at the FanDuel Sportsbook behind the Milwaukee Bucks at a plus 280 price. They're going to be in a playing game, and they're still booked as the second best favorite. They still have Kyrie Irving and Kevin Durant. We don't even know if we're getting Ben Simmons at all in the playoffs. As you said, you don't think he plays. And quite frankly, that's probably going to be the case where how long are we going to wait on the guy and he's just going to debut him in the playoffs where he just had a nightmare last season in the playoffs? Might be best just to sit him out, get his mind right for next year. But then we flip it over here to the Western Conference. When are we going to catch up on the Clippers? Because you're right, 30-1, to not to win the NBA championship, to actually win the Western Conference. And it just seems like it's getting slow played here because you saw the little bit of a lie movement with Paul George. Doesn't it seem to me, or doesn't seem to you as well, that we're waiting on Kawhi Leonard news? Like, would it be surprising to you if Kawhi Leonard never gets an update and never plays this year, or you never get an update from Kawhi? In game one of the playoffs, what? Mm-hmm. He's completely 100% healthy. He's been working out for three and a half months in the gym, and now he's ready to play. It just feels like either way it could go. And if you're sitting on a ticket that says, I'm getting Paul George back, and I'm getting Kawhi Leonard back, and I'm 30-1 mm-hmm. to one just to win my conference, because the same way we talk about betting the NCAA tournament, Kevin, it's not even about winning the Western Conference. It's about winning a series or two, and that ticket is so profitable at that point.
4: And That's why we consistently talk about the the NBA bracket being set. Because if they draw Phoenix, look, the Suns are so good right now. The Clippers played them last year. Really good series that went six. If the Clippers draw Phoenix and you think they can give them a run, you can make money in the series. If they can get to seven, though, and play Memphis, then, yeah, you can get involved there. Because, Donnie, last year without Kawhi, they eliminated Utah and took two off Phoenix. This isn't Grizzlies slander. They can beat the Grizzlies. This is Warriors slander. They can beat the Warriors and the Mavericks and the Nuggets. And, you know, we're talking about the Timberwolf game. What's interesting to me, though, right, If as we're trying to, you know, project out And we're probably never going to get a concrete update on this guy. But I ask you this. I tell you that at the start of the Western Conference playoffs, not only is Paul George back, but so is Kawhi Leonard. Is there any team in the West other than the Phoenix Suns? that you would price in front of the Los Angeles Clippers? Would you even have the Suns in front of the Clippers if I told you both of those two were back for the postseason?
5: Yeah, I still would. Because I'm anticipating, let's just say the Phoenix Suns would still be one. The Golden State Warriors, if you're getting a healthy Steph, a healthy Clay, and a healthy Draymond Green, I'd still have them uh, priced above them. The interesting one would be the Memphis Grizzlies. And how do you price them? Because they are surging right now, with or without us. We talked about Ja Morant. But they would be no lower than, excuse me, no lower than fourth, which is where they're currently where? What, three, six, in eighth place? I would say they jump up to at least fourth, maybe even third place here in the West. And the only reason I say that is because I don't know if I can anticipate both of those guys coming back and being the old all pros or all stars that they would be and how that might take mm-hmm. them some time to sort of reintegrate into the team. That's the only reason why I would place them around that four to three slot.
4: It's fair the question of the rust. Phoenix would go in front of them. They're the only one for me. The Warriors are playing horrendous basketball. I mean, and I know it's like, yeah, well, Steph is coming back. All right. So is AD. I mean, so so is everybody. I, let me know when they're back. At this rate, let me know when they're back, because until that happens, I don't know what I'm supposed to. The Warriors are playing horrible basketball. Very, very bad. I mean, that is just the state of the Golden State Warriors right now. Take a break. We'll come back. Close out hour number one right here. On All right, closing out our number one inside our number two. We'll talk some NFL headlines, some NFL draft news as well, and also some of these most outstanding player odds. We'll hit the Los Angeles Lakers inside our number two. We'll close out dining with this Los Angeles team. It's a pick game. I think the value's on Utah. Paul George is only questionable. This is a very confident Paul George line to me. As you mentioned, could be rusty. And I think if you want to go super safe with it, the Clippers defense recently has given up 120, it feels like, every night, including a recent performance where they gave up 121 to this Jazz team. You know, projected team total for Utah, just kind of based on what you're seeing there, 108, roughly. I think the Jazz can certainly get into the 110s tonight. I would back the Jazz if you're looking to early morning bet here in this NBA slate.
5: Yeah, I do think it's anticipating here, Paul George, because taking a look at the anticipated starting lineup tonight, Jackson, George, Morris, Batum, and Zubach uh, appear to be in the lineup tonight for the Clippers, which is interesting because we don't know if he's actually playing or not. So sometimes it's best maybe to sit it on the sidelines because if you like the yeah. Utah Jazz right now, do you wait it out in hopes that if Paul George is announced that he's out of the lineup, obviously that probably is going to swing in your direction? Or you just fire now and say to yourself, I'll take the one point whether Paul George is in or not. I don't think it's going to change all that much but if he's not in I think I got myself a better number so if I'm a Utah Jazz backer I'm firing right away off the top of the board here knowing that it looks like George is going to play if it's announced he's not playing that might swing over to the Jazz as a minus one minus two point favorite here
4: what's also a little odd though is like I don't know the line was five and a half last time I guess Rudy Gobert is going to remain out maybe that's part of the the situation here uh, for Utah. I'll just let people know as well. Again, the other NBA game that we didn't hit, the Wizards and the Bulls. Bulls 10-5 and to the over Come when on, they play Bulls. without rest. Uh, this is a bit... Donnie, look, little three and a little three-and-a-half number here versus Washington. Those are the teams that you need to beat yeah. to hold on to your spot within the Eastern Conference. They should get the job done, but we shall see. Our number two right around the corner. This is the early line of